0: Welcome back to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. Uh, we're the show, show that's getting you over the gay line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. Whether you're listening to us via Eon Sports Radio or directly from our podcast feed, we're absolutely thrilled to have you. I'm Reg Roberts, or Rugby Reg to some of you. Joining me as per usual are the usual suspects, Matt Raleigh. How are you, Matt? Hey, Ru. And Hugh Cavill. Howdy, Hugh.
1: Hi,
2: Reg.
0: Now, it's tough going for Australian rugby at the moment, so we're not going to start the show on a buzzkill. What we want to do, Matt and Hugh, to, to give us a bit of vibe before we introduce the buzzkill later on, is um, <laughs> I want an early rugby memorable memorable moment that makes you laugh. Something that happens in your early rugby days that, that still gives you a bit of a giggle. You got anything for us, Matt? Yeah, mate.
1: Look, I, I, might, I may have told this story uh, on about... 200 podcasts ago Uh,
0: (laughs) so there's four of you out there who might have listened to this
1: (laughs) and if you're listening uh you'll remember this one dad um but uh yeah look when i say early days this is back from the 90s is that early enough um and i used to play rugby for london french and we went on a tour to israel and to tel aviv and it was an absolutely brilliant tour um just Memorable for so many reasons, including this story, which, by the way, has won um, awards in magazines. I should, should probably—oh, what? To, yeah, I should probably stop putting <laughs> it up so much. And I'm because I'm going to give you guys the short version. There's a very long version. I'll give you give you the short version. But anyway, um, there was a the usual rule, which was no sleeping on tour, and we'd had a very very big night um, after a big day, and I think it was about three in the morning in the uh, the mash bar in Tel Aviv, which is kind of where all the expats go drinking. And um, one of my best mates, um, uh, Sam Dixon, had fallen asleep at the bar. And um, so, and and I was kind of drinking next to him and he got spotted by the judge on tour, who was this other Kiwi, who came up and um, unceremoniously kind of pulled the the back of his pants open and started emptying Tabasco sauce. Um, Basically, so it it was running down Sam's um, uh, sort of vertical smile. And um, anyway, and then he and then he let it go, and we waited for a few minutes. No reaction. So the judge came back up, and this time he actually emptied up like a pool of Tabasco sauce into his palm of his hand and then rubbed it into um, Sam's nether regions. And Sam still barely was barely moving, like um, on the bar, just, you know, snoring away. Anyway, at this point I thought, right, well, that's it. Nothing, you know, nothing's stirring this guy, so... Um, I kind of shook him a bit and I said, "Sam, Sam, we're going, mate. I'm going to get a taxi, uh, and I'll meet you outside." And he, went, oh, yeah. and he went back to sleep. So I went outside. Next door was a Seven Eleven. By the way, this mash bar was across the road from the police, Tel Aviv police Tel police station, as it so happened. Um, strategic. Yeah. So I then went next door, bought. I thought I'll get two big bottles of Evian because um, we'll be needing those, um, and I'll and I'll ha- hail a cab. Anyways, I, I go to the the side of the road the curb and suddenly the doors of the mash bar just like fling open um and sam comes running out shouting maddie 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 and obviously um something had kind of finally registered in his nether regions he ran over to the side of the road dropped his pants spread his cheeks and shouted spray me spray me at the top of his voice (laughs) Opposite Tel Aviv police station, Uh, (laughs) and so there I was with the two bottles of Evian, obliging him, (laughs) basically spraying water up his date uh, on the side of the road there. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, and so then we took him back to the hotel so he could kind of stand inverted under the shower uh,
0: for a few hours.
1: Um, So there you go. Anyway, kids, don't try that at home.
0: Evian, you know, when you need the ultimate douche. Um, what about you, you mate? Could you I can't that? follow
2: that. I got to, we got told. I thought it was a that uh, that when we were discussing this before. I think we agreed that it would be our best junior rugby story. <laughs> and uh, so really,
0: that, I can't you, follow. That story. I must admit, that's where I am going. So, but you go. <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe bring oh, this back I to be a family really story. And
2: hold up because I feel like. Matt took up enough time anyway. We're probably ready to show it into our... And I don't want to follow that story. I think I can't beat it. That was a sensational effort. So maybe we hold ours till next week, Reg, as a bit of a... As something, a bit of a teaser for the fans out there. It's <laughs> only <laughs> <laughs> Now we can go... Uh, the PG-rated ones. Yes, okay. We've
0: earned our E rating. Now we'll go back to PG for next week. Sorry, guys. Let's hold over. Good idea. <laughs> All right, look, guys, um, now we've got that out of the way, we, we are going to get into our five burning questions. Very ironic, given that story. Um, and they are for this week. Uh, what was the best and worst from this weekend of Super Rugby? Question two, uh, we're not hearing anything from the AAU at the moment on the SANSA decision. Is this silent treatment the best approach? Uh, Question three, the national coaching structure. We've got Mick Byrne and and Ledesma there. Is it working for Australia at the moment? Uh, Question four, another hypothetical for you. If you're the CEO of the ARU, what would be your first focus? And question five, the Rugby World Cup rankings for uh, the World Cup in a couple of years' times are confirmed. Who do Wallabies want to avoid in those pools? And we'll get into that a bit deeper. But the first question is basically... Super rugby. It's a struggle for us at the moment, but let's try and come up with some best and worst from the weekend. Hugh, can you help us with that, mate? Have you got any even bests? Yeah, look, I'll give you a best.
2: I thought, I thought the Melbourne Rebels, um, where yeah, they've had a really tough two two weeks, and I think the bye week, you know, would have been again tough for them and everyone. So the sharks circling around that team and its future. And and look, I thought actually they should have probably won that game against the Chiefs, and you know. Um, with about 15 minutes to go, 10 minutes ago they were in the lead, and and the Chiefs just pulled them pulled them in and then um, pulled away uh, in the end. and And it was a shame because the Rebels really competed well for 70 out of the 80 minutes, and and just couldn't get the job done in the end. But I mean, considering I think everyone would have thought that that was another game where you know that they'd have 50 put on them, and they've had a tough start to the year with games against the um, with against the Hurricanes and against the um, I can't remember who the other team was, but another New Zealand team.
0: Yes, me neither. But keep it going. One we're blue. We're, we're blocking this one out. The Blues. Blues. That's yeah. right. First round. Yeah,
2: and so you know they've they've had three tough games, and I thought this was the game they showed some real backbone, and and so to stand up after the last couple of games, even though it was a loss, um, I thought that was um, that was a, a, pr- a pretty good effort from them. So that's that's
1: my best. I think. Well, let's lead with the best. Let, let's leave with
0: the, the- yeah, exactly. Matt, what about you, mate? you got a best from the weekend.
1: Yeah, well, um, the Brumbies kind of rolled on, uh, like I uh, must admit, if anyone had listened last week, I predicted they would. Um, and look, you know, it's not necessarily thrilling rugby hey, the can I just stop
0: there. Can I stop you there for mm. a second, Matt? Mm. What, I thought that game was a draw. Wasn't that game a draw, Hugh, <laughs> Cameron? didn't? <laughs> well, look, you know when I
2: when I was watching, I mean, it certainly started at nil all, and I think seven all at, at a point. So really, for most, I mean, I think for sixty out of the eighty minutes, it was a draw. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll count that as a victory to victory Sorry. to me. Yeah. That's a weird. Sorry, no,
1: no, um, yeah. I went, although we did comment um, on Twitter that it was looking ominous for a while there. Yeah, uh, yeah. look, yeah, look. I thought the Brumbies rumbled on. They st- stuck to their knitting uh, and they grounded out. I thought their experience showed at the right times. With even though Scott Fuddy got a yellow card um, early on in that game, later on in the game, you know, the old master should have, you know, showed his hand just, you know, pilfering some vital ball at the right times. Um, And then I guess the highlight there was to see Henry Spate show a little bit of form, which we haven't seen for a long time. Um, You know, he basically made a couple of things from, you know, from almost nowhere, although, you know, you, you could probably blame a little bit of poor tar defense in some of those situations. But yeah, it was good to see him put some gas on and. Um, get a couple of tries so yeah i thought um, that, that that was a bit of a highlight
0: yeah i think you know look you guys nailed the two i had on from a super rugby perspective great to see spade back and form you know he, i don't think we've seen that sort of form since his pre-eligibility days remember how he was uh we all couldn't wait to see him eligible to play for the wallabies and, yeah. and finally he made it and he never could quite replicate that superb super rugby form previously and, and you know started to see if few. Glimpse of it this year he and uh, not many others are the only ones really sticking their hand up for a wallaby jersey at the moment yeah no. um hey can i mention and you know so you mentioned my my super rugby ones but not, there's not much other ones but can i sneak in Ireland beating england here oh you're not super can. rugby but a <laughs> that was pretty fantastic um culmination of the super of the uh six nations tournament and Ireland. not only did they uh End New Zealand's winning run last year, but uh, have now done it to England too, and a remarkable performance. Do you get to see any of that, Matt?
1: Yeah, I did, mate. I, I managed to watch um, about uh, sixty minutes of it, but then the recording went because oh. that bloody Welsh game that went for an extra twenty oh, minutes. Yes, um, was absolutely bizarre. Um, it kind of rolled over into it, but um, just going back to the island in England game. Um, they were phenomenal, the Irish, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you know, I guess I haven't seen a team play with that sort of determination since they beat the All Blacks, Um, you know, in in Chicago. I thought they were just immense right across the field, um, knew exactly what their game plan was, um, stuck to it beautifully, played with incredible passion, but also precision. Their work at the breakdown was phenomenal. They... Um, committed, very, very. They committed to the breakdown, and so they played a pretty narrow game, largely speaking. But I mean, I thought the pack was just immense. The back row, the carrying that they were doing um, was incredible. I thought Ringrose at 13, uh, he's a he's a real prospect. Um, yeah, I mean, you just couldn't sing their praises highly enough. Their set piece was great. Um, they actually disrupted the English lineout, and they held the scrum even though they were like a Backstreet Boy lighter. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a, a really, really impressive uh, performance.
0: Uh, it was indeed. And I, I, I still can't hear the name Ring Rose without hearing Hugh Cavill's impression of, <laughs> of the Irish commentator from last year. Ring <laughs> <Rose>! <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't an epic, and, and maybe it's a question for another week in terms of... Um, Uh, British and Irish Lions, which is obviously the next step for these guys, but it's got to be a fascinating squad to see what they pick um, to go to New Zealand and and whether with uh, um, uh, Warren Gatlin's impact there'll be a heavy Welsh influence despite the performances, but uh, that's got to be an epic series and it'll be uh, a fascinating squad to be picked Um, right, well let's um, jump onto the the downers of the weekend, and and Hugh, what's your feeling on this one?
2: Well look I, I think um it's more of a general vibe thing and I don't think I've ever seen it this bad in all my time um you know with super rugby I I was at a I was at a um, birthday uh, a friend's birthday on Saturday night and we're both big Tars fans and you know he's there with his dad who is a Tars fan and and um you know a few other people that are you know footy fans Tars fans and just we were in a bar with with a couple of TVs and and you know a standard sort of pub setup, and 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 we just found ourselves not really caring about the Waratahs or the Brumbies game, you know. And previously, this was a blockbuster. You, you know, Tars Brumbies, yeah, get you know, you had to had to have the T had to be near a TV, and and you were glued to it. And as it was, there was the test going on in India, um, and there was I think it was a NRL game or something else, and you know, it was sort of just we just didn't find ourselves interested in the rugby and this i think it's probably same for a lot of people where you know even even the three of us i know previous years we've come and we've watched every australian game and we've if we haven't seen it live we've caught up a replay or we've seen highlights or this sort of a thing and and i i've seen bits and bobs of the brumbies at that pub i've seen uh some of the rebels game i've seen you know, haven't seen a bar of the Reds. So I've I've never had a year so far where I've missed so many games, and I just haven't really cared. Like, you know, I don't. I, I'm I, I'm not waiting to get home on the weekend to get stuck into some rugby to watch rugby. I, I don't know. I've never been so apathetic to the to to the whole competition. It's 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 really worrying. Yeah,
0: and what are you going to do? Is is it quality of the game, or is it disinterest in the the, the you know the competition with which I guess is a model we've discussed through and through is it you know apathy towards australian rugby and how things are going in general i mean
2: can you lay a finger on it oh i think lack of wins is a big one I, I think there's no we i think we all know in our heart of hearts that no australian team's going to compete for the title this year Yeah, it's yeah. pretty ov- already apparent and so that takes some um, momentum away from it i think as well you, you the one thing the game hasn't had, I think I've commented on this for on the podcast before. We haven't had a young superstar in a while. You know, there's no who's the star player. Who's someone that you're turning on the on the TV to see? And we haven't had that this year. Um, I don't know. And, and then there's just a general malaise. There's no buzz. There's no excitement. There are, then I and I think that contributes. That seeps into you by osmosis. Where you know if everyone else is being negative about it, it sort of it, it sort of hits home with you as well. I think. I think that that's the thing. I, I just don't think there's anyone that is excited about Super Rugby and there's no one for me to feed off, there's no one for me to talk to about it. So yeah, I, I, I don't know, it's it just it just feels flat and, and maybe with the wallabies it'll pick back up and there's always those storylines and the lines series in New Zealand will get get some interest and um you know, always a but as there's always something to talk about. But it just seems yeah, it seems pretty dire at the moment.
0: Yeah, a couple of points there. You talk about the Wallabies maybe saving us, but, gosh, could that June test window be any more of an anti-climb? I mean, we're playing... Mm. with Scotland, all respect Fiji, Italy. Yeah, yeah Scotland yeah. without their best players, Italy and Fiji. I mean, it's it's not going to capture the imagination of, you know, the rugby public again, is it? Mm. Um, and you talk about that Waratah game. waratah Brumbies. you know, one of the highlights of the season traditionally, drew 67,000 uh, on the ratings, Um Sixty-seven thousand viewers this year, which is just minimal. I mean, it's 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 barely recordable. You know, if it's, I think it's under fifty grand, they don't even record it. So it's um, it's a it's a horror situation at the moment.
1: Oh God, that 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 isn't good, is it? And you and you're right. I mean, you don't expect that necessarily to be like a, you know, you expect that to be a, a proper Aussie Derby, right? So you're not really expecting it to be necessarily a, a glitz and glamour game, but it's just. It was just the, I don't know, the level of the skills were just not there. Yeah. You know, put that against the england Island game, which, mm. you know, I think, was there anyone one try in it in, in the, in the yep. whole match? Um, yep. But the ferocity and the intensity of it, I mean, you know, just to cap off um, your tirade of misery there, Hugh, was that, yeah, by far the best piece of rugby that I saw on the weekend um, was England-Ireland. Um, and you know, there, like I say, there was like one try in it, but just you know, the the, the level of the rugby, and it was also played in wet conditions. Um, and actually, you know, the, the pressure that Ireland put on England um, really pushed them into quite a few mistakes. But it was just, that was just kind of beautiful to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 sad to say, but there's like a rugby-sized hole kind of missing in all of our weekends, even with this glut um,
0: of. Of super rugby games that are just a a nightmare to have to watch and geez it doesn't get better you look at next week's schedule and that was the thing you used to look forward to you know checking the next schedule where the next game is it's just it's it's i've got it's a real hard uh ask to get back up for things matt you did ask before this podcast when was your chance to have a good old-fashioned qc rant this this is probably a good start because I was going to get to the Reds and, you know, his, James Slipper's injury, it's going to rule him out for the season and and Quade's red card. It was kind of in, inevitable, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I although, oh, my God. And have you seen tonight he's been banned? It's a three-week ban. Um, well, yeah, well,
0: I think it was six weeks and then it got reduced because he was um, uh, early plea and because uh-huh. he's had a clean record since 2012 or something. But, yeah, three weeks out of the game. Oh, my God.
1: Um, yeah, Well, and, and you saw it and it was... I don't know, it was just classic Cooper. Um, yeah. Who knows, it was this thing, on. it was a nothing thing on a try line. Was he, I mean, you know, how was that going to stop the try? It was just mad. It was a swinging arm at the guy's head. Um, in olden days, maybe you would have got away with a yellow, but it was always going to be iffy. Um, it's just like we've seen that one several times before, haven't we? Um, so I don't know what goes, goes through the guy's head um, because, you know, when you meet him, he's a, he's a lovely guy. So I, it's not like you think he's a thug. He's out there to hurt people. Um, something else happens. I don't know what it is. Uh, but there you go. So he's gone for three weeks. Could have been six. Um, that's really not helping uh, the no. season. Slipper going as well. Oh, my God. And then you know what I saw on the weekend that I thought was probably worse was that signs that George Smith is kind of saying, ah, oh, stuff it. Um you know, he—I he, he, don't know if you saw him. There's, there's a few pil- pilfers that he knew he shouldn't have been taking, and he did like a half-ass to the ref, trying to explain it away. But you know, he knew that he—you he, know—he was either late or whatever else. But there was nothing else going for them in the game, and so he just kind of gave it a, gave it a bash, and that's not usually him. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just kind of thought, oh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how long he, he can keep this up. Um, you know, so, oh, geez, yeah, it was just a bit of a worry. But so, so, while I'm in full moan, I'll go back to the Rebels, where, you know, you're yep. right, Hugh, they were kind of on the scoreboard, they were kind of in it there, right? Um, sort of after half time or whatever. But then, just when they, um, you know, they'd lost, they'd given up a, a few points. And then, um, just coach killers, like, you know, turnovers and poor scrums and poor lineouts, like in the red, opposition's red zones, just. Stuff that a coach, you know, just simple stuff and that you just could feel like McGann's blood pressure kind of went from, it was almost like he was dead to um, oh, it was almost like he'd kind of fried out. Um, you just absolute coach killers and you just thought, oh my God, that's just a team that's so far off the mark. Um, it's, it's pretty
0: woeful yeah it is it really is and and um uh we'll uh hopefully when we get around to next week's podcast we can focus on more positives but let's move on to the question 2 and this is really intrigues me I, you know it's one of the most tum- tumultuous times in australian rugby history definitely in the professional era um the we're getting you know south africa talking there's a bit of new zealand we've been heard that uh, the Australian CEOs, Super Rugby CEOs, have asked to be, been asked to be keep quiet, but but doesn't stop you know the players talking and so on. But what we're not hearing from is the A. U. Shouldn't we be hearing from the A. U. at stage? Even even I think Braveheart, Will McDougall, made a good um, comment on the on the forum. This is when someone like John Eels, who's on the board, should be used as a mouthpiece and just should be out there reassuring the Australian community that you know well-considered discussion is taking place or they should be talking positives around this new Sevens program. There should be some chat from the you shouldn't there, Matt? Should, should we be hearing something from these?
1: Yeah, it's just... It's gone, radius right? when was the last time you heard Bill Pulver really say anything? Um, exactly. I mean, it's been a long, long time. I really don't know what's going on. I don't know what the strategy is there. Um, I mean, how far are we from... God, it shows you where we are when you saw you know, the, the good old days of um, of John O'Neill. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, for all you know John's faults, like if there was bad news, he knew how to make good news or make it someone else's fault. Um, and if there was no news, he knew how to make it. Um, and uh, I don't know where we are with all this now. It just seems to be, you know, th- there are things that seem to have just disappeared. So do you remember we had the strategic plan that got that, that got yep, yep. And we had massive conversations and arguments about it you know Hugh wrong as usual me right and then um you know uh, no I mean it, genuine conversations about you know which way should we go and yeah good good um, ideas from every direction that do you remember how that then got shelved or no said so it was going to be revisited because um that's right it didn't include club rugby and then club rugby <laughs> then had that big stink so, therefore, it was going to be revisited mm. and it was going to come back. Well, I haven't seen that revised strategic plan. And then in the Absolutely. meantime, in the meantime, we know that the budget's got blown out of the water anyway because all of a sudden all the super rugby teams came back and said, ah, guess what, we've got, you know, multi-million dollar holes. So, I that seemed to me to be the time when it all went quiet. Um, they had a plan. It was on the front foot. They'd spent a fortune on it with some consultants. They were going to do all these amazing things. And then I just think... I don't know. I can only think that the the, the hole hit below the the waterline or something, and everyone's been scrabbling since. And then the latest one we've got now is um, we go to Sanzar, and you know they've said um, that you know we've got this decision that's come back. Uh, but I, look, I don't know what's driven it. I don't know if there's more behind it than this. But you know that's what it that's to me what it looks like on the outside.
0: Yeah, Hugh. What about you? I mean, I'm also interested in this we got the leak story that the clubs have been told not to sign anyone for un, until we got some sort of certainty yeah. over Sansa. Luke Morahan then comes out today and he's off to Bristol. You know, is this silence going to cost us, do you think? I mean, are we going to lose any sort of momentum? or Not that we had any, but any sort of front foot positioning we have in the game in Australia?
2: Potentially. Look, I, I don't envy the ARU. I don't envy the super teams in this. It's a no-win situation. Um, now, a part of me... On one hand, I actually think silence is quite remarkable in sure. australia Ruggie, which which is renowned for leaking like a sieve um and you know anything that's uttered in the boardroom cut goes straight to a journalist in the matter of, in a matter of minutes. The fact that these discussions have remained confidential is laudable you know laudable and remarkable um as someone who's worked in politics um knows you know that that this stuff is very very you know um hard to keep um, silent and as is the same in Australian rugby however so on the one hand and and, and I think as well there's it could be to have people out running around with rumors and and um, you know second-hand third-hand information or decisions that haven't been finalized or you know uh, thought bubbles that you know and it may that, that has happened that could be very very damaging and have a negative impact on you know are the rebels going are the Brumbies going what what is being planned and it could be that they are you were looking at a number of options and i think um that probably is what's happening and considering tv rights deals and what's happening in south africa and what other Samsung partners are doing so in that sense to have an open discussion around this in the media i don't think would serve anyone however i do think you're right reg in that there does need to be someone to come out and just say look We've got our hand on the till. There's a steady, you know, we've there's someone's in charge here. We're going to do the best thing for Australian rugby and just everyone calm down. And I think that's um that you know whether that's John Eels or, you know, Bill Pulver or whoever it is, Stephen Moore, Quade Cooper, I don't know, but yeah, is someone to come out and say that I think is a fair point. You know, there, there needs to be someone to have at least have the illusion of control and the illusion of of some sort of plan being worked to here because while I admire the science, I think there's probably more to gain from that in the long run than, than just having a, you know, having everyone throwing in their two cents. Um, at the same time, I think you're right. There, there, there needs to be a little bit of control thrown in here because at the moment it just seems a little bit, um, yeah, like we're, like we're drifting.
1: Well, what, what I've been amazed by is um, how, just, how amongst this silence, how did the Brumbies end up with the neck on the block? Like, you know this conversation's been happening forever, mm. right? Should the force survive we've been you know we've been talking about mm. it for years. then it was you know and the rebels and it was like, well, you know, can the rebels really survive how in this in the space of about two weeks, it suddenly it was, oh no no, the brumbies are up for the chop, oh yeah, yeah, then uh, yeah, we've always been thinking about that and um because they don't get enough people along to games, you know if, and then um suddenly, and then it goes to is it Phil Thompson. And instead of him turning around saying, are you absolutely mad? There's no way, Um, you know, we've been here, you know, we're the third oldest franchise, we're the most successful, this is, you know, da-da. He actually kind of goes, oh, yeah, yeah, fair point. We could always muck in with the Rebels. Um, Yeah, remarkable. That was stunning. Like that whole sequence of events that, in you know, three years of Will the Force Go and then Will the Rebels, suddenly in two weeks turned into, well, that's it, the Brumbies are gone. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it
2: that's pretty pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Um
1: I d I don't know what to expect out of this.
2: I mean, it does seem logical given the basket case the Brumbies have been, Matt, that we've spoken around here with Locker Dutton. <laughs> that the questionable land deals and that you know, that they've spent They've, they've put their budget from surplus into deficit, having to pay out the CEO <laughs> when he went to, when he took them to court. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so and maybe that's what the logic is, right? <laughs> <laughs> let alone, yeah, let alone head, lead sponsors suing the the club as well. It was just yeah bizarre times, bizarre times. Very typical Australian rugby. Yeah, look, I mean, I just I just want to know the a u are doing something. I think this vacuum at the moment is just ridiculously frustrating. We're not hearing anything about anything, and and you know that's just makes me think that nothing's going on, and, you know, that may be that may be a, a stray, but it's it's a roaring sign. Let's go to jump questions here. We're going to get question four, which is now question three. online with this, Matt, I'll go straight for you as the CEO of Grinning Gold Rugby. Oh, yeah. If you were the CEO of the AOU, what would be your first focus? Oh, I mean, to
1: answer what, mate? I mean, I you know, obviously, it's a bit easy. This one is going to be um, fixing up this, well, how do you integrate, well, how do you take care of you know losing a franchise um, and how does that work? Look, I, I, I think there is undoubtedly, I, I think this is part of the solution though, right? So I think that at least we're on a path of action and I would have thought that they must've taken to that Sansa meeting the fact that, you know, the experiment, has gone for so long and it's clear that we've just overstretched um and you know the five provinces together with you know overseas drain now and everything else is that we just can't um support that um neither from a talent point of view and a quality point of view and from a money point of view because i would think as we t- talked about for weeks now this seems to be a full fo- you know a fool's errand that we're on um trying to generate more rugby for what uh, what for, for money that's, that's for no more profit overall in the whole system um so yeah look I, I my first thing would be focusing in on making that thing work and if we're going to lose a club um making sure that you know that the, the the talent gets as well distributed as it can um i'd probably you probably need to think about some you know maybe some fairly radical things if we're going to change that do we you know do we actually start looking at in some forms of play a draft or something um, to, or something to help, you know, manage um, player talent a little better, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, off off my cuff, I mean, that's what, I, I don't I don't know where else you go. I mean, that's going to be the big thing.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, look, I'll put you here, and here you can have a think about this for a while. I'd be seriously, I'd be sitting down with the broadcasters or whomever, and I'd be completely rethinking Super Rugby. So, look, it started in 96 when it was thrust upon us. So what's that? That's, uh, you know, 21 years now of Super Rugby. And it was a form of rugby that was right back then. It doesn't mean it's right now. I had an interesting opportunity the last couple of days to hear from some people involved in netball and the restructure of uh, the national comp there. Now, formerly that was, you know, I guess a trans Tasman tournament. Um, It is now an Australian tournament. And the big reason why is because those games weren't drawing ratings. You know, the, the, the broadcasters are no interest, no longer interested. If that's still the case, if these South African games aren't drawing uh, any interest, I'd be cutting them loose. I'd be. I'm getting more and more to the level whereby let's walk away from Tri Nations. Oh, no, sorry, walk away from Super Rugby, and focus on creating a domestic product completely. Whether that's an expanded NRC type tournament. So whereby, you know, you've got your professional rugby players trickling down and playing NRC from the start of the year, kind of the P- Playford model from the start of the year until June, July, this new test window. And that's when the Wallabies kicking and we can still have our tri-nations partners, we can include Argentina, but it is now an eight-team domestic com, possibly with a few ring-ins from other countries. But it's about content in Australia, for Australia, um, in our time zones that can just sell off overseas. I've got no – I can't understand why a broadcaster like Fox wouldn't be all over that. They were after content from the start. They are still dramatically after content. They don't want content in the middle of the night. They want their prime-time content in Australia for their market. Um, And I reckon they'd get behind it. I'd be staggered why those discussions aren't happening because I think it's time we've got to completely review the entire Super Rugby. I don't think we need South Africa. We don't need Japan. We've got to focus on what's happening here in Australia, and, and that's where I think it should grow from. Hugh, any merit to that, or anything you would be focused on yourself?
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of merit to that, Reg. A lot of merit. I think you, you're dead right. I think both of you are right. I mean, this is this is the biggest cause for concern in Australian rugby, and amongst a lot of causes for concern. Um, and I think that system works pretty well, Reg. And I'm, I'm coming around to it more. And then then from there you can draw out that rugby state of origin thing all of a sudden that becomes relevant yep. again and you can yep. brew back up the waratahs and the reds as as representative sides truly representative yep. sides and not not uh, super rugby franchises um and then maybe you can you know draw that from there and then go and play some sort of a heineken cup system i don't know you know but it seems at the moment that that the South African system and having them in is just—it's dragging us down. And and yeah, whatever solution that becomes more apparent the more we look at it, whatever solution is determined will not be a solution. It'll be a short-term yeah. fix that we're hoping will reinvigorate a competition that's had its day. And you know, ultimately, it's it's a bit like a cancer patient. And you know, I think we're we're, we're trying some therapies on it now with the hope that you know, it's um, it's going to, you know, bring it back to health when actually I think all we can do is basically prolong prolong yep. the remaining years, you know, yep. and that's all it's going to do.
1: Wow. That's, so that's it. That's the, yeah. So
2: basically, Reg, <laughs> Reg, Reg if, I answer, <laughs> if I answer your question, if I was the CEO of the AU, what would be, my first job would be to resign? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, dear.
0: Oh, uh, cracker. Good stuff. Yeah. All well, right. But uh,
1: it's, a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good point there, guys, is that, um, you know, we, we, we're at kind of, uh, it kind of, it you know, I'm trying not to say we're at desperate measures, um, but we're at points where, you know, clearly what's there is not working. So, you know, look seriously at what will. Um, and I think we've tested to destruction one angle, which is this hyper- globalization of super rugby with a glut of content and actually it's just put us on a fool's errand and the super rugby clubs are running higher deficits than they ever did um so you know and and that's with theoretically more tv money so if that direction that hasn't worked what's the you know what's the other direction um and and probably you know you, you test that one out
0: yeah yeah, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'd be staggered if they're not looking at significant um, changes. And let's let's I guess we'll wait and see what comes upon it. And uh, keen to hear what other people think of this. And you can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or obviously our blog post to uh, give us your ideas on where to for Super Rugby and what you would do if you're a CEO of the A R U. Um, look, next question is uh, the, the national coaching structure. We've got these national coaches. Mick Byrne, obviously, is the skill coach, and I think. Mario Ledesma is still involved as a scrum coach. Are we getting any benefit? Have you guys picked up anything from Mick, or is it too harsh to suggest that uh, we should be judging Mick too soon? Because I can't see a whole lot of improve in the skills side of things, Matt.
1: No, well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you writing this in the... Well, sorry, you writing this. Um, Sorry, this uh, question that we have in in tonight's show um, (laughs) kind of assumes that um, they're doing something like... I don't know. Is, are there, have you read an article
0: or seen evidence of this actually happening at all? Like, as in? Well, no. Well, yeah. well, I know Mick was intimately involved. The Reds, at least in the preseason. I don't know what's been happening since the season started. Uh, I understand he was also over the Force at some time as well. Yeah. Um, I can't speak. Uh, Ledesma, I haven't seen up here at all, um, and I don't know what's been going on with the other states. But I know he was definitely involved with the Reds in the Force in the preseason. Nick, Mick, well, At least. Well, I mean, I
1: actually thought the
0: forces, you know, force had shown
1: have shown more skill this year than we've, you know, probably seen before.
0: Yep. Um,
1: Could be. So, you know, fr- from that perspective, I, th- you know, I think yes. Uh, I'm just trying to think through our scrum performances. It seems a, they seem a bit all over the place. Um, yeah, yeah, the I'm the, I'm the Reds and really I struggling big there. time,
0: but you know, Styles will take responsibility for that. But I don't know what Ledesma does.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if he's in Australia, doesn't he? I mean, you know, yep. is he probably not over in Argentina doing something? Um, could be completely wrong there, but I've have have got no evidence to say to the contrary. Um, but it certainly doesn't feel like we've got some unified style of play coming through like we've seen the Kiwis over the last couple of years, I'll put it that way.
0: Mm. Yeah, great. Hugh, Any you seeing any evidence anywhere? No, look, I... I... <laughs>
2: I don't know. I, I, the, the thing that struck me from what I saw of the waratahs Brumbies game, Rich, was the lack of skill from everyone. There was yeah. just so many drop balls. I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like we're probably playing a long game, and to expect Mick and these guys to work in, in the space of a few months is a bit much, but I, I, I don't know. It's, I'm not seeing much at all. I'm not seeing much at all. And And I actually ran into... Well, I didn't run into him, but I saw him as I was on my bus this morning, g- filling up his his tank of gas at the at the service station, which is that Pat Monahan, Pat Mollahan, who's Pat, who's the who's the checkers assistant,
0: the oh, team like, no manager. Idea. Oh no, okay.
2: The bloke who sits Never next of... to him in the coach's box.
0: Yeah, okay. Team right.
2: manager guy. Okay. And he's in his yep. Wallaby polo. He's in his Wallaby polo. Obviously on his way to work. What does he do all day?
0: <laughs> he's not working on his on his brand because I've never heard of him. I don't know. He, uh, he's he managing he's... mate.
2: Yeah, I've got to get. I'll get his name just so I get it right, but what is he sitting in his office doing all day? The next Wallabies test, is he, like, booking hotels and stuff? Is that his job? Anyway, that was my what I was thinking to say. Oh, <laughs> man, that poor but guy. He, uh, he, he, he's, but he was, he's a, a regular he
1: listener, right? And he's loved it because he's thought, he oh, you know, and now he he's could been be. targeted. Now his very existence has been targeted <laughs> by you. Well,
2: no. Um, uh, you know, I tip my hat to because it was a you know, eight, eight o'clock. He was he was clocking in early. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So it wasn't sure, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: he was running in to get yeah make sure the balls are pumped uh yes exactly ready ready for camp in 3 months time
2: yeah pat Mollihan. it's pat Mollihan. okay but
1: yeah was, just just make sure you get his name right if you're going to target him that's good
2: i i think i said
0: Mollahan. <laughs> I close. We, we we weren't able to assist you there and correct you in any way i didn't it see obviously... i
2: didn't see if he was using the premium unleaded or it was just the uh sort of uh, you know the intent but uh um, i'll look harder next time
0: Oh, dear all right, let's um, let's let's get to our last burning questions. Okay, and so the Rugby World Cup uh, rankings bands have confirmed. So now, with the completion of uh, the Six Nations, we now have the, the you know the ratings from which World Rugby um, create their pools for the World Cup. So there's three bands at the moment with uh, 12 teams amongst them. So four in each, three, four in each band, and I think in June this year the IRB will start. A signing pool. So in our band, band one, the top four teams are the All Blacks, England, Australia, and Ireland. So we will not be in their pool. But in the band two and three, so band two have got Scotland, France, South Africa, and Wales. One of them will be in our pool. Band three, uh, Argentina, Japan, who will host obviously, Georgia, and Italy. So the, the question is, who are those, band two and band three, who do we want to avoid? Out of Scotland, France, South Africa and Wales, who's our biggest concern come World Cup, Hugh, do you think? Who'd be the one we'd want to steer clear of? Scotland. It's got to be Scotland. Yeah, it does, I mean, doesn't look, it? I mean, you'd say, honestly, it's probably South Africa, but, but
2: in terms of teams that we we have trouble beating every time, I would be shitting bricks if we come up against Scotland <laughs> in a World Cup pool game, you know? And, and, and I think... There's, you know, I can't take Scotland uh, um, anything less than 1,000% seriously. It doesn't matter <laughs> where they're at, after what's happened the last couple of times we've played them, it's probably the last six or seven now, that they are well and truly a bogey team. And um, and to th- to think that we can just play them and and beat them with ease in a World Cup pool game is, is erroneous even this far out.
1: Mm. My, my, I think our only saving grace there is that it is a pool game and not a, a decider. Yeah. Um, yeah that's and, true and, and you know that maybe gives it that element of uh you know i don't know takes away some of that chokerdom um but definitely god if you're coming if it was like the last game and we dropped one and we had to win and it was you know them and us and then it started pissing down like it always bloody does against them um yeah god knows what could happen um I, i'm with you on that one the other thing to remember is that south africa as as, as much as we last saw is it is an absolute basket case
0: they are, they are. Uh-huh. And, and remember, it is key we want to finish top because we've got to avoid, avoid New Zealand and England, even Ireland. So we want to beat these guys. And we, we, so we, I think you're right. I think Scotland, out of those four, um, with all due respect to France, South Africa and Wales, Scotland are the ones that might give us the biggest hardship at the moment. Oh, and, and,
1: so, and then the next band down, who is that
0: again? So you've got you've Argentina, yeah. Japan, Georgia and Italy. Yeah, so, so Argentina is probably the standout there. Yeah. Although Japan is host nation, you never know what they might pick up. But you yeah. can't see that. You know, there's no Eddie Jones coaching there. But Argentina probably the standout. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, judging on how they did last year, um, bit off and on at the moment. But um, yeah, geez, they they were excellent last year. So, well, at the last World Cup, that was brilliant.
0: Last World Cup, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, look, um, and look. can I just completely range off topic for a second here um, and talk about... I saw an interesting meme the other day, just going back to the Super Rugby Comp, um, which is that I think the Highlanders have played four New Zealand teams in the first four Yes,
0: games. yes. Um, I saw and, this. It's good. Yeah, yep.
1: and, and the Lions will not play one in, yep. reg- in regular season. So riddle, yep. riddle me that, um, how yeah. that makes absolutely any sense in this whole competition. That is just nuts.
0: Yeah, how we're scoffing at the Highlanders for being the worst New Zealand team, but all they've had to play so far is New <laughs> Zealanders. And, and you're right, lines are flying high and they, they don't have to step foot on New Zealand soil. Well. It's ridiculous.
1: Wow, I just don't know how you get through that. Anyway, there you go. Um, and then the other bit that I forgot that I should have thrown in is that quite clearly, is, um, if I was a CEO of the Aiu, is that I would instigate the NAFL campaign. Uh, uh, AFL. you know, straight away, um, just to try and take those bastards down. So, you know, like they say, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to outrun the, the, the leopard in the jungle. You just need to have someone slower, and uh, exactly. and, that's, <laughs> and that's what we need to do to the AFL.
0: Very good, very good. All right, let's uh, have a quick look at this week's rounds and the Aussie games. I think all Aussie team are playing and there's no local derbies which must be the first time this season so the first and foremost leading us over up is the the force travel across to Christchurch to take on the Crusaders and they will do so without Dane Hallett Petty, they're resting Hallett Petty for this on the back of their bar which I find very odd Um, uh, Hugh, thoughts on this do you reckon the force are a chance? The Crusaders have been behind by I think 19, 18 and 17 points at the half in their last three games and have come back and won surely all it takes is the force is to put in a good second half effort
2: and and the crusaders are the force's bogey side yep. um i uh so they've got some uh a good record against the crusaders or a better record than you would think but um look they're, they're, they've got a lot of guts the force so i don't think it'll be a blowout but uh, i can't see them winning
0: what about you matt yeah same all right. Uh, yeah, you can only tip New Zealand, can't you, at this moment? Um, oh, sorry, I did get that wrong. There is a local double, Of course there's a local derby. with How's this one to get the uh, spirits flowing? The Rebels hosting the Waratahs. How do you guys feel about this? Have you, have you got a level of confidence that you can get over the Rebels given their season so far, Matt? Uh, yes.
1: Yes. Um, so we've seen the Rebels do nothing but crumple so far. This is I'm really setting up some egg on my face with this one, aren't I? <laughs> um, we've seen the Rebels do nothing but crumple so far. I think the Tars have struggled to found their, find their feet. They've had a pretty rubbish um, trot in terms of just continuity. So, you know, um, a game at home and then whatever, you know, gap and then a trip away and then all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So hopefully, um, you know, uh, having gone through that awful ex- experience of what they put out against the Brumbies, um, we start to get a little bit of continuity and uh, get over the Rebels.
0: All right, interesting. And Hugh, Hugh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any many changes to the team, but you, will you tick the Waratahs? Are you tipping genius? No. Uh,
1: well,
2: look, I'm not confident about it. I probably will, but I think the Rebels showed enough last week to show that they will be competitive for the Waratahs. And, and you know, maybe we... maybe. Maybe we did judge the Rebels too harshly given their draw. And the Waratahs have been pretty abject. Pretty abject for the team that I, we, I pretty confidently tipped to win the Australian title. So, look, I, I think the Waratahs will win and I'll tip them, but especially with Bernard Foley coming back.
0: Yeah. Is he hope, due to come back?
2: Well, you would hope so. I mean, he was, mm. he's was he been training with the team. How so,
0: poor but, is he for now? Oh my God.
1: Mm. He is mm. a shadow of his former self.
0: Yeah, not good at all. Um, or right, I'm not too sure. I, I'll have to see the teams come out. Much will depend on Foley for that one. I might edge towards the Rebels having a win at home, uh, on the back of their last week win. the Brumbies are hosting the Highlanders. So this will be the Highlanders' first chance to to get out of New Zealand and play someone else. Matt, you'd you'd be what, what do you reckon there? Oh yeah, fascinating, Ben. Oh, they'll
1: be thinking, thank God. Um, yeah, but I think the Brumbies, like I say, have been they've been very clever um, so far. Yeah. I think that the Highlanders will be hard work though. They're one hell of a handful, and gosh, they'll be they'll be angry. Um, yeah, that'll be a t- Oh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I would probably even go towards tipping the Highlanders on that even though I think the Brumbies have been probably is by far
0: our best performing team. Yeah, they're short a hooker this week, the Brumbies too, Hugh. What about you? You think the Brumbies can get up?
2: Um, no, my rule of thumb this season always tip the foreign side. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's worked okay. for me so far. And so I'm not going to have the temerity to tip an Australian team playing a Kiwi team because I think you're you're probably going to lose.
0: So, same rule with the Reds versus the Jaguaras, who are actually, I think, on top of their conference at the moment. Uh, Reds are no chance, I suggest.
1: You? Yes, you would be correct. Two from hell. Two from hell. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I know. A shocker.
1: Yeah. Um, so, look, just to wrap that one up, I've got to jump in there and, and say, yep. um, just uh, I mentioned it last week. Mentioned it again this year, this week, um, April the first. It's not Fool's Day, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Scots. College Sevens um, down here in Sydney. Um, Who said that we are the East Coast, um, uh, you know, private school boys? Elites elites here, um, just because we're giving a shout-out to an elite school sevens tournament. Um, (laughs) But you've got, um, you know, the top guys over from, from... New Zealand uh, coming back here. You've got all the top schools. I think there's a Fijian school. Um, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. I think uh, there's uh, women playing as well. Um, get out there! Great family day um, in a you know great spot in Sydney at Scots College on the first of April.
0: And we know how good sevens is as a development pathway to 15s, don't we, Matt? Oh, we,
1: <laughs> we do indeed. Guess my endorsement. <laughs>
0: Um, and look, this is, there's more and more stuff happening in grassroots rugby around the place. Obviously, the national under-20s comp is going on. The Reds had a big win over New South Wales uh, on the weekend, which is why I mention it. And uh, I think the Brumbies had a good win over the force as well. So that continues on. Uh, club rugby started in uh, Queensland, at least this weekend, with some great first-round games. Shoot shield for away, Hugh, Matt, you know? It must, it's, it's normally a couple of weeks after the uh, Queensland comp. I'll take that as yes, a couple of weeks away. (laughs) I think Perth are about to launch and Melbourne must not be too far away anyway. But that's it. Plenty of rugby. If you can't get into your super rugby, there's plenty of other rugby out there to get involved with and obviously junior rugby as well. So get aboard. Uh, Hugh and Matt, thanks for your time tonight. We struggled through.
1: Yeah, good on you, Reg. And uh, Hugh, yeah, don't do it, mate. I can give you a phone number of people to ring Uh, (laughs) if you keep going the route down I'll just go back and
2: watch some old Bledisloe's. That'll fix me right up. Yeah, good
1: on
0: you. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to all our listeners. We'll catch you next week.